All right, guys, welcome to episode number 98 of Beef's Beef. We got a special episode here for you today, but before we do that, we have some sponsors that we want to thank. First off, we had we've had some friends here recently that have you know bought houses, looking to buy houses, stuff like that. It's a big moment in your life, and think about it. That's one of the most expensive things you can buy. Absolutely. Well, luckily, I have a friend. And that's the biggest thing because you need somebody you can trust. You go into this blind and you have somebody help you who you don't know. When you have a friend, that's a lot better situation. Absolutely. So if you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to refinance the house that you're in now, I want you to I want you to call my friend Crystal Lackey at Century Mortgage. You can call her at 502-615-0743. And if you're just looking to get more information on her, check out her website, centurymortgage.com backslash C Lackey. That's Century, just like it sounds, mortgage, M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E.com backslash C-L-A-C-K-E-Y, C Lackey. Century Mortgage is an equal housing lender, MNLS 3925. Crystal Lackey, MLS number as well, 1735979. NMLS 3925, NMLS 1735979. I was practicing my Tony Melito over here. That's perfect. Woo! <laughs> make sure you heard about it. Make sure you tell me you heard about it here on Beef's Beef. Another another interview that we've had on here before that was that was good in the past, Mr. Treshawn Durham. Shout out to Treshawn. Appreciate the sponsorship, sir. Absolutely. And Treshawn came on here and told us about his company, but we want to give you a little bit more insight about Supply Lab. Yep. And check out Supply Lab. Supply Lab, you can check it out at supplylabtv.com or also check out Treshawn Durham's IG at supplylab.media. Supply Lab is more than just pictures or videos. It's it's something a, a a platform to help creators kind of build connections and and help gain some exposure. And that's what everybody needs. The toughest thing in this industry is getting good marketing. And somebody like this who you can trust and uh, puts the time and effort into his craft is very important. Yes. So it's uh, to us, it's one of the biggest best kept secrets in the city. That's right. If you want to look at some of his work, you can go back and look at the interview he did with myself. You can go back and look at his YouTube page, Supply Lab Media on YouTube, and watch some of the interviews he's done. But not only that, my guy had a picture from the Derby that was that was at the U of O art exhibit. Yep, that's a big thing to have right there. Not a lot of people have that credential on his resume, and Treshawn has that. Absolutely. So, again, for those of you who didn't get it, SupplyLabTV.com. Instagram at supplylab.media. Shout out to Trey Sean. Make sure you tell him where you heard it. Beef's beef. Yup. And uh, once you've been an avid Beef's Beef listener, then you know where it's going at this point. It's going to the best segment in the show. You know, you're you're talking about the intro. And we like to play the numbers game here is what we like to do. And we're on episode number 98. And so I can tell your enthusiasm on this. I'm going to jump right into it. So first of all, we got to go with the international dial code. Any guess, I mean, what the international dial code for 98 is? Japan. Japan would not be a bad guess. And um, I, I do want to give a shout out to our Japan listeners. But this one is actually for Iran. So, dude, I promise you, I I figured you were just saying it because it was going to be an Asian country. Yeah, but I literally almost said Iraq, which is right by Iran. I almost said. Well, you change one letter; it's basically the same thing. I mean, I think that would have been great. Shout out to Iran. International dial code number ninety-eight. Right. 
Um, I also want to tell you that typically your body temperature on an average normal individual is 98.6 degrees. So you might want to check that out because I think you might be a little hot and flustered from this interview that we're about to do. You're pretty excited about it. Um, Number three on my list is also a band that, you know, is little known as your most popular and favorite band. It's not even my favorite boy band because I know where you're going with this. Listen, do not lie. Um, I almost was in the band. You know, they they didn't like my song ideas and they didn't like my dance skills is what it came down to. But 98 Degrees, I want to give you a little bit of a taste of some of the songs that I wrote that they disliked, right? So the first song that I thought, and you know, I'm going to kind of, I'm not really going to sing it because this isn't a singing platform but I'm going to give you a little bit of a taste of what it was. So the first one kind of went a little bit like this. It was like, American woman. You said you weren't You said you were not going were to sing. Well, I, I just feel like that song sounds like that would have That's been That's Lenny Kravitz. Uh, he wasn't the original, but yours sounded like a really bad Lenny Kravitz. No, I don't remember Lenny Kravitz singing. I think I wanted to bring that song to 98. Okay, I'll move on to my next one since you shut that one down. Um I can't say some of these words in this, so I'm just going to say, wasn't me. That was Shaggy. Dude, listen. These are my creative ideas. I don't think they were Shaggy or Scooby-Doo. I want... Okay, I'll move on to my next one. So this is a good one. Um, I'm still still Big Smooth from the block. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. Wait, how are you going to use... What? Jennifer Lopez's song, and it's her 50th birthday. Shout out to Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Beautiful young lady. I saw a meme today that said, shout out to uh, the reason for Google Images. It had a picture of Jennifer oh, Lopez. Oh, my goodness. But I don't know why you're mentioning Jennifer Lopez. Because that's Jenny from the block, dude. Come yeah, on, but mine Come on was, Drake. No, mine was Big Smooth. Quit getting, quit getting ghostwriters, Drake. You're just mad because Big Smooth was in there and I stole it from you. Okay, there's there's another one that I like to bring to the table that 98 Degrees kind of shut down. But I felt like it could have been a popular song. It's kind of like, I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. So not a, you, you just, right Christina Aguilera, I don't know if this was part of the trivia thing. No, there's no trivia here. I'm giving you my creative ideas but this and you're was, shutting them she down. She has the same birthday as me. I've said that before on the podcast. Wow. And Christina Aguilera and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, who okay this is an interesting decision and both of them are beautiful young ladies but if you had to marry either jennifer lopez or christine aguilera is that really a question dude i don't know because i'm telling you 1a 1b like i feel like right now it's jennifer lopez i think in my past in like 1999 circa 2000 i may be going christine Christine Aguilera. aguilera is a very attractive and was a very attractive person yeah I don't know. I think she's been, a lady. I right? don't think she'd have been in my top five back then. Really? Yeah. I mean, you well, got, Hillary, Hillary Duff's up there. I mean, the, bro. Yeah. Don't touch me. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to Zach Coleman. Zach Coleman is a big Hillary Duff. Oh, fan so as am well, I, dude. Too. Hillary Duff was Crush Numero Uno. Yeah. But I've got one last song for you as well, too. Right. Since you've got Crush Numero Uno, and I think this one might have been the most popular one out of all of them. But it starts off; it's kind of more of like an up tempo. Don't beat. sing it. No, I'm not singing, bro. I just want to let you know what my song ideas are before you get too angry. But it's like two trailer park girls go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. On, 
That's singing. That's 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 Eminem and that's singing. So move on to the next fact. Okay. Okay. You didn't have any of these songs. You didn't write any of these songs. You literally just took lyrics from famous songs around the same time. I think a lot of those were going to be big hits. If ninety eight degrees, they were big hits, and they were big hits by other bands or musicians. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty, I think they might have copied some of my stuff. But I I haven't. You know, I'm not knowledgeable on what the market's out there. But on to number four. Um, This is a sports related one, so this will go more towards what our typical demographic is unlike me singing but uh, uh 98 is the highest jersey number allowed in the nhl and that's because number 99 is retired because of Gr- wayne gretzky so i think the reason why wayne gretzky's number was retired is because he birthed a woman by the name of paulina gretzky a beautiful young lady who's in the conversation with jennifer lopez and christina aguilera <laughs> could have potentially been because of his i don't hockey think that's pedigree. why they retired well, his jersey but i'd say that's a good reason to admire the guy. My main man, Dustin Johnson, the golfer, might have a little bit something to say about that. But, yeah, he Wayne Gretzky, great player. 98 was the highest jersey number you can wear in hockey now. Shout out to Wayne and Paulina. Um, now I want to do a quick thing that's a new segment, right? It's basically a spinoff of before, but there's no numbers involved with it. I want to drop a little bit of fun facts because, to me, the fun that I had with this before was – letting people know stuff that they might not think about on a daily basis, right? So I'm going to go through 10 quick ones. If you have anything to say, jump in and chime in, right? Fair enough. Number one, upon their return from the moon mission in 1969, the U.S. astronauts had to fill in a customs declaration. I don't know if you've ever traveled overseas, but when you come back in, you have to declare what you've bought from overseas and you pay taxes on them, essentially. Very interesting thing to come back from the moon and have to fill out a customs declaration. Number two on my list, fun one here. Elmo was the only non-human to testify before the U.S. Congress in 2002. That's a true story. What was Uh, he testifying about? This is where the puppet guy touched me? 2002, I can't say it, but check out the Elmo testifying in court in Congress, 2002. Uh, Number three, cans of regular soda are denser than water in sink. Cans of diet soda are typically less dense than water and float. That was kind of scary to me because I'm thinking we drink a lot of diet soda. In Who the, does? Not me, the U.S. Gotcha. All of our friends and, you know, some of our foreign listeners who are my friends as well, too. Um, also, number four, annually, this one's very intriguing to me because I'm a big, I don't like microwaves personally. But annually, a microwave oven would consume more electricity powering its digital clock than heating food. That one kind of blew my mind. Like, is this talking about in its lifetime? Yeah. Oh, that makes well, sense. Well, it's saying annually, so in a uh, year, but it's saying... I mean, that would still make sense to me. I don't know. I don't think those think clocks that, are very... But that the digital take, clock is on all the time. Right. But the microwave is high wattage. You know, I think 1,400 watts or 1,100 watts or whatever think it is. Think of it like this, man. This is a, a different way to break it down. Okay? Thinking isn't my specialty, but I'll, I'll do my best for you. What do you When you think of, like... Seattle, what do you, or Portland, I'm sorry, what do you think of that area? You think of rain, right? Yeah. So you, you could think, have said Seattle with, Seattle. I think, more rain, yeah. So you don't, I wouldn't want to live in Seattle, it rains too much. Yeah, I've you been know, there. You it's know, the, a, it's city a beautiful of, place, though. the city of Louisville gets more average rainfall a year than Seattle does. So think of it like that. Really? Yes. That is not a fake fact. Look that up. I'm going to have to fact check that. So look it up, man. I'm telling you. 
So just look at it like that. You may think of, okay, well, this one is known for rain. Right. This one has high wattage when you're cooking. Right. But this one gets more rain in a year. Well, the other thing is think about what's the longest you're putting something in the microwave for. That's that's the other part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, if you're going to thaw something out, maybe you put it in there for a few minutes. Yeah. Popcorn takes, what, two and a half minutes maybe? A slice of pizza is maybe... Couple whoa, minutes. whoa! You putting your pizza in a microwave? If I'm in a bind, oh, most of the time man. I'm putting it in the oven. I'm a reheater in the oven. Yes. Yeah, don't microwave. But pizza, if I'm dude. if I'm looking to get here pretty quick and I want to heat up my pizza to to bring here, yes, I'll heat it up in the microwave. Just boost that oven up to 500, bro. Let that sucker cook. Don't don't disrespect microwaves and put pizza in them. Okay, that's a I, good way. I think it would be the other way around with the way you're talking. Don't disrespect pizza and put microwaves in them. I mean, I get that too. Mm, yeah. But uh, number five on my list in 2016, a survey by the U.S. online dating site Match.com found out that 39% of users judged the suitability of the potential partners by their grammar. So I knew that you were on Match.com. I wanted to make sure you knew that statistic. I'm not on any dating website. Well. Match.com was the one that charged Outside you to be on there, right? So you chose what? not to be on there. No, I'm only I'm not on Match. I'm on MySpace. You said plenty of fish. No. I'm oh, not. Bumble. No. I forgot which one it was, but I knew you had mentioned FarmersOnly.com. Farmersonly.com. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Mingle. Christian. Yes. There's a couple. Of, listen, uh, some of those places blow me away how they make money, but obviously they're doing it with as many as they're coming out. FarmersOnly.com literally only makes money because their jingle's good. It is catchy. It is. Yeah. I'll give them credit. That is a very catchy jingle, and it's a very interesting philosophy, but the commercials are questionable at I best. wrote that jingle, actually. No, dude. 98 Degrees probably wrote it. <laughs> uh, in 1927, general elections were held in Liberia. They entered the Guinness World Book of Records as the most fraudulent ever. Typically, we don't like to get in politics. This is one I figured we'd highlight. Despite there were fewer than 15,000 registered voters, one, <laughs> one of the candidates received 243,000 votes. <laughs> so... <laughs> I had to give credit to Liberia, 1927, 243,000 votes in a uh, 15,000 registered voter area. Classic power move right there. (laughs) Should have been my power move. Had to use it early, right? Number seven, adult mayflies live only a few hours. They do not sleep at all until they die. That was weird to me because I was like, what type of animal doesn't sleep until they die? Well, obviously mayflies do. Maybe that's where the old saying comes from, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And in keeping the death going... Elderly people dream in black and white more often because one of the possible explanations is that they grew up in an era of black and white television. So that one was kind of odd to me because maybe that shows us what television does to our inner mind when we're sleeping. But elderly people dream in black and white more often. That, rem- that reminds me, man. I, we were talking before this about the this right. past weekend episode. Right. With uh, Theo Vaughn, Theo Vaughn interviewing. Do you remember the person's name? I can't remember her name. She was from uh, Serbia, I believe. Okay, and she was a refugee that moved over here when she was very, very young. Yeah, uh, her name was Tanya Mil- Milovic. Milovic. Uh, sometimes I feel like I know. I I, I know I mentioned him Tanya? a lot. That's what I said. Well, it sounded like you said Tanya. Well, maybe I did. Maybe, Tanya, sorry. How tan is she? I. Who knows? Huh? But sometimes, I, I, actually, I know I mention him a lot, but it's, it's weird listening to, to this past weekend because King This Thing is more of just a lighthearted joke and all that stuff. But right. this past weekend, he gets into like kind of deeper things, I guess, for somebody like him. And it's weird because as much as I like him, sometimes I feel like we think on the same wavelength. Right. And 
that's an episode if you guys just want to hear kind of the nuts and bolts of kind of how Theo Vaughn is because he does throw some humor in it as well. He asks her some questions because she's blind. Right. And one of the questions that a fan sent in was, when you when you dream, do you actually see things? He asks her questions and she answers stuff. And I was cutting the grass yesterday, like almost running into the road and stuff. Because I was like... <laughs> You're trying to act like the blind person. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is nuts to like hear the questions that I would want to ask someone that is visually impaired. Right. And he's asking the questions that I would want to know the question, the answers to. Well, we've had a lot of conversations of what makes a good, I guess, what's the correct terminology? A person doing an interview, but what are they? An interview, an interviewer? Yeah, they've got to have some good title. Maybe we should create a good title for yeah, them. an but, interviewer. But what makes a good person who's conducting an interview is asking questions that the general audience would like to hear yeah. but also asking the hard questions as well too so yeah. i think that's where he does a good job of maybe some questions off the beaten path but also some questions that the average person wouldn't it's ask. really funny though because he throws in some other questions that shows his humor like right. he asks like does it feel like she has special powers can she and she can like <laughs> figure out things about people just because she's visually impaired yeah daredevil <laughs> and stuff, stuff. And stuff like that yeah it's just one of your it's favorite a very movies. good episode that i like i didn't want it to end and it was only like an hour and something long but it's really good you should check it out to me it's cool that he has different types of people on there and it's not just your standard celebrities so i like that shout out to theo vaughn shout out to this past weekend yeah. but we'll move on to number nine in 2004 canada became the first country shout out to the canadians in the world to ban and Advertise, ban advertisement and sales of baby walkers. Now, I'm sure you're wondering why. Listen, baby walkers are lethal, bro. You get you get them in that baby walker. They're walking around. Next thing you know, boom, off the front stairs. So shout out to Close Canada. Close your door. Well, you know, some would say there's things, you know, that could be avoided. Some guess, would yeah. say they're pushing them off the edge. I don't know, but it could be either. Uh, last one for you, number 10. The largest shopping mall in the world. The new South China Mall in Dongwon, China, covers an area twice as big as the Vatican City, the world's smallest country. Wow. So once again, there's a mall, shopping mall, in China, Dongwon, China, to be exact. Shout out to our Chinese listeners. Shout out to them. Uh, it didn't sound too genuine there, bro, but I just want to say I love I'm them. just getting uh, tired of, of this segment. Yeah. Well, I'm about to fall asleep over here. You should be because it's the greatest one. Twice as big as the smallest country in the world. You guess the Vatican City. You're welcome. Is that it? Is that all you got? Well, I was 10. I've got more, but I think I'll stop it at 10. Because I'm just a little disappointed you didn't bring me any trivia this week. No, I didn't want any trivia to you this week. You've been having too much fun with my favorite segment. You've been trying to steal it, so I wanted to make sure to put you in your place and show you whose segment this really is. <laughs> see how it is so we have a fantastic episode for you guys today probably one of the better ones that we've ever had on this i would say with us two together it's the best one that we've done together yeah well it's a big name guest and i want to say thank you in advance for them coming on um i know they've got a lot of other things that they could be spending their time but this kind of shows you what um we and they are capable of doing absolutely so guys i'm geeked BJ's a little bit geeked, but not as much as I am, to bring you a fantastic interview with a former Louisville Cardinal basketball player, the mm. 2005 Albuquerque Regional MVP, 
number 34. Out of Mayo High School. Six foot four and a half. Mr. Larry O'Bannon. All right, we're here with Larry O'Bannon. How's it going, Larry? Hey, how you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks again for uh, coming on with us, man. I know, well, you're on vacation, I guess, right now. I saw that picture you posted. Was that Miami? Uh, I was, but yeah, I'm not now. I'm, I'm back. I'm on vacation now. <laughs> nice. So, um, before we start anything, I want to talk about something I actually saw you talk about today uh, on Twitter, okay. and I totally agree with you. So, uh, Courier Journal's Jason Frakes released a, an article about the 15 best athletes to come out of male high school which is where you happen to go uh mm-hmm. just thinking about some of the guys that were on there you had daryl griffith michael bush montrell jones uh justin green just oh, to name a few but who do you think was the biggest snub off there other than yourself obviously uh i would say jason osborne for sure that was the glaring hole that i've seen uh he's probably the second best basketball player to come out of there behind Daryl griffith and um I'll tell you, Ivan Green uh, was probably a big snub as well. He should have been on there. Ivan Green is a huge one. I, that was that's kind of when my first football memories happened was with him and Chris Redmond. Me too. Yeah, Me that's too. that's that is a that is two really big glaring deficiencies. I mean, Jason Osborne was a McDonald's All American. I, I mean, how do you leave off a McDonald's All American from probably? I mean, he's probably the best. Player from that from that year or from that ten year span, I right, would say. Right, could have went from out of high school, and, and he's the all time beating scorer at the school, and it's not even close. Hmm. Yeah, that's nuts. So speaking on that, when when you left Mayo, you were actually what eighth on the all time scoring list. I'm not sure where I was. Yeah, I have to go back and recount because I know some of them guys just score more points than I did. <laughs> I mean, I know when you left, you were you were eighth on the all-time scoring list. That may be different now. Right, I scored most of my points in like a two and a half year span. That's I mean, that's crazy to think. So I mean, can you can you explain? From my sophomore year, yeah, to my senior year, pretty much I scored all my points. That sounds like kind of like your Louisville career too. Yep, that sounds a lot like your Louisville career. I started I started all four years. And my first year was, was, was pretty rough. And uh, then the first half of my sophomore year was pretty rough as well. And then something clicked midway through the year of my sophomore year, and that was it. Nice. So kind of tell us what it's like to go to a school that has that much tradition and to finish at the time, at least, in, in the top ten in scoring. Uh, it's pretty cool, man. My sister went there. My sister was all-time league four for women. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I was going in, filling her shoes, and uh, just trying to, you know, really just kind of live up to the family tradition, really, uh, kind of family full of basketball players. So, really just trying to, you know, hold tradition down and just do the best that I could. I got a funny story for you real quick. So, I met someone that is friends with your sister. And it's funny oh, that really? you mentioned that. And she said that she would all, that your sister would always tell her that she was and still is the best basketball player in the family. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that's without question. I wouldn't expect her to say anything else. <laughs> that, you know, with the competitive nature of our family, I mean, she's the only only kind of American in the family at that. So that's great. 
So when you when you picked Louisville, you picked a, you picked Louisville over Colorado, Dayton, Alabama, UAB. Uh, were you ever close to picking one of those other schools before you decided on the Cardinals? Yeah, I was actually. Uh, so my senior year, I was actually uh, going to go to Tennessee. I was going to visit. I wasn't going to sign in the fall. I was going to sign in the spring, and so uh, once my season was over, I was going for a visit. And if I liked it, that's where I was going. And then at the end of the season, the coach got fired, mm. and so the new new coach came in, and they didn't really have any interest. So I was pretty much heading to date, and then. Uh, when Rick Pitino got the job, he came and you know offered me a scholarship at Louisville, and that was it. Yeah. So, what out of the places that you got to visit, you know, any time that you got to visit, what was your favorite uh, recruiting visit you went on? Uh, I really only went on two. I went to UAB and I went to Colorado, and I took some. I took an unofficial visit to Dayton, but I'd probably say. Uh, Colorado was probably the best. Was it just like the scenery and that you'd maybe never been out that way before? Yeah, the scenery, and I'd never been there. They took me to see the city, the mountains, football games, and stuff like that. And it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I like I like thinking about the high school game again, too, Larry. Uh, we, we've been talking about it a lot recently on here, and Indiana and Kentucky are a couple of the last couple of states that don't have shot clocks. What's your opinion on the high school game? Should there be a shot clock? Should Kentucky and Indiana think about implementing something of that nature? Uh, I definitely do. I definitely do. I think it's a, I think it's a setback for kids that once they go to the next level, and a lot of kids go and play at the next level. What's college track clock now? Thirty seconds. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. College is thirty. Yeah. And, yeah. So you know, when you look at international kids, international kids. At the high school level and below, they play on a 24-second shot clock. Right. And I just think it's time for it. You know, I understand why they don't because it kind of gives advantage to really the more athletic teams, which is a lot of city teams. And, you know, a lot of county teams use that as a strategy to kind of frustrate, you know, getting the minds of, you know, more athletic, bigger, stronger, faster teams. They got to slow the game down, lose concentration, and, you know, that's their strategy to win the game. I agree with you. I get where you're coming from. I think you're on the right page, though. I, I think it needs to happen. I, I think, honestly, once you learn how to play that style of ball, I don't think it's a disadvantage for anyone. You can still play good basketball, slow it down, get a good shot. 24 seconds, you should be able to get an open look in there, in my opinion. And my biggest thing is what you said. That's a disadvantage to anybody who's going to play at the next level. You're automatically starting off with a crutch. But you're still playing, and um, I, I see you had a couple of different shoes that you've worn. What's your favorite on-court shoe currently, and what's your favorite on-court shoe of all time? My favorite on-court shoe of all time is the Hawachi 2K4. Nice. And um, my on-court shoe that I played with in this past year was the Hyper Dunks. I'm Okay. I've kind of, when Kobe first introduced the Kobe forward, the low tops, uh, that really kind of broke me into the low top mode. It was tough. You know, I had to wear them all summer to kind of get used to them. I wasn't used to my ankle being free. But right. once I did, you know, I've, I've been low top ever since. I go to high tops here and there, but it kind of feels funny now wearing, wearing mid tops. Yeah. 
And that Kobe it, 4 broke a mold. I mean, think about it. That was the first quote-unquote low-top shoe that ever really, you know, a signature athlete wore. So that, that opened it up for everybody, I think. Right. But go back to the point about the shot clock, though. So if you got a county school, you know, a lot of county schools, they, you know, they're less athletic, and, and a lot of them play with a system. Right. And, you know, they're not really able to – some of them, well, a lot of them are not able to really, you know, really beat somebody one-on-one or, you know, create for a lot of other teammates or something like that. So if you got somebody that's pressing you and you get the ball across the court and you got, like, 15, 14 seconds – but now you don't have a whole lot of time to run a play. You don't have time to run a flex play. Now you got to have somebody that really can kind of create right. and kind of create a pro-style pile of ball. So, you know, that's kind of tough on a, on, a, on a county team if, you know, you're depending on running long offenses, waiting for somebody to become impatient, you know, lose concentration, cut back door, or something like that. It's, it's a lot tougher to do that when, you know, you got – the defender and you got the clock working against you so that's why i said that yep yeah i agree with you i've seen it before too a couple of teams average about 30 to 40 points per game around here it's just i get the coaching philosophy but it's an old school mindset i think it's you know time to adapt to the time and error uh-huh. and see where basketball is going to be honest basketball is a sport and we all love it but at the end of the day basketball is a business now too and so the shot yeah, clock yep shot clock at the ultimate level has helped that business grow. So I think it, it's time, like you said, to adapt to it. Exactly. It makes the game more exciting. I agree. I even want to ask you another thing. It's almost some – do you – there's been talk recently because they've even tried to implement – do you think that college basketball should stay with two halves or stick or go to quarters? Because it's the only uh, level of basketball. Men's college basketball is the only level of basketball that's not in quarters. I don't really see a disadvantage of – I mean, the, the thing is, is if you throw it in quarters, you're going to get more TV timeouts. So revenue-wise, at, at first you wouldn't really think it's going to make a difference, but those NIT games a couple of years ago, I actually liked it better. It, you wouldn't think you would, but it actually does change the game some, and it's it, it's weird. I don't know, maybe you just have yeah. to see it in a college game. I, I think they should, honestly. Yeah, I didn't think about it from a revenue standpoint. I was thinking more so just from a <clears throat> from a playing standpoint. But it makes a lot of sense. A lot more TV revenue, more more breaks, more TV time. And you can also yeah. it, it also would save teams from uh, being in a bonus for an entire half instead of just going to quarters. True. Which That's true too. yeah, I think there's a lot of pros and cons both ways. But I, I just I wanted to see your thoughts on that because it's it, definitely from a player's perspective. So you, you spoke on it earlier, and you said, you know, you, when you came here, uh, Coach Patino got the job. You came early on in the Patino era, obviously. You were part of the first recruiting class, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, oh. First guy he brought in. What, what kind of things did he say or promise you during the recruiting period? Uh, he didn't promise me anything. Uh, he just said that, you know, it's going to be an open competition. Uh, you know, he told you the guys are bigger, stronger than you right now. you got to get in shape. And then once you get in shape, he said, you got to learn how to play defense. And once you learn how to play defense, then you get your opportunities. He said, you got to be able to shoot the ball. Yeah. Yeah, so your freshman your freshman year, you came into a team with guys, you know, like, you know, an all-time great, Reese Gaines, uh, Eric Brown, Luke Whitehead, uh, one of our buddies, Bryant Northern. What, was there a guy that kind of took you under their wing and kind of showed you the ropes of the college game? Uh, Reese. 
Bruce Gaines did. Bruce was, uh, he was a good mentor for me. He really showed me how to compete, showed me how to play the college game, uh, transfer my game from, you know, the high school level to the college level, what I needed to do to become a good player. Just watching his, his work ethic. Uh, and he would take me to the gym with him. He really kind of took me up on his wing, even though we competed all the time. But, you know, he was still kind of mentoring me a little bit. So uh, what would you say changed from your freshman to sophomore year? Because your freshman year you averaged 18 minutes and five points, which are decent numbers for a freshman. But your sophomore year, those numbers pretty much cut in half and you got you just played nine minutes and averaged two and a, about two and a half points. Oh, uh, man, it was, it was a tough time. I had actually started. I had one starting job that year. And then we were playing Seton Hall, man, and I didn't take a charge. Mm. And I got out, and Francisco and Taekwondo got in and started playing really well. And those guys were playing well, and that was kind of it, really. And I never was able to really get, um, you know, my playing time back. And then my attitude really got bad, too. You know, my attitude, I didn't really have a professional attitude then. And so that didn't help, and it just kind of made things worse. And so it was just a bad year. And then, so after that, I was able to regroup. Get my confidence back, but I really lost my confidence uh, that year. And so uh, I wanted to come on my junior year just by get my confidence back. And once I did that, man, it was it was up here. I mean, it was downhill from there, and things just got better. Yeah. Sometimes it takes something like that happening to become a better player, too. We've seen it in a lot of pro athletes' careers. But we'll, we'll go to a little bit of a fun topic for us as well, too. We like to ask a lot of our guests – you have to choose one or the other. Are you choosing pizza or tacos? Pizza. Good choice. And what? Yeah, not really a taco guy. No. And on a pizza, no. what what kind of toppings are you typically getting? Uh, meat lovers. Meat lovers. Solid. Okay. Solid. Good choice. Uh, what's the best pizza in town? What's the what's the word? In my opinion, what's the best place? Yep. I like Danny Max. I don't know if you've been there. It's in Melwood. That's my favorite right now. Danny Max Pizza. It's in Melwood Art Center. Danny Max. I haven't tried that. I haven't tried that. It, it's it's solid. You should try it when you get back in town. What's your What's your favorite in the city? Uh, I'm a Wix guy. I like Wix. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Wix is very popular. Yeah, I like Wix. What Mellow about Mushroom? Uh, is really good. Mellow Mushroom is pretty good. There's Mellow a lot Mushroom. Of good is. Local pizza places, though. Mellow Mushroom, though, they've closed all of them down here. Did they? Yeah, they don't have the one on Barstown Road, and they took the one out on, uh, I think, Shelbyville Road is gone now, too. Yeah, it's expensive. It is. What about burgers or wings? You got a preference on either a burger or a wing? Burger, I'm going Ollie Trolley, a five guy. Solid. Um, and wings, I'm going uh, Chicken King on Broadway. Chicken oh, King on that's... Broadway. See, it's tough for me, man. I don't know if I can pick that or Indies. Yeah, that, those are the two. Yeah. Those are the two. Chicken King. <laughs> I, I just discovered Chicken King probably about a year and a half ago. And it's like, mm-hmm. they both kind of, they taste very similar. But the, yeah. I think the thing that puts Indies over the top for me, though, is the pink lemonade. The pink lemonade. <laughs> the pink lemonade, man. That. The pink lemonade is fire. Can't argue that. Can't <laughs> argue that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Indies too. In, Indies, we've got one over here. Indies is pretty decent. Uh, what what kind of wings are you getting? Are you getting boneless or traditional? Peg legs. Yeah, 
I like it. Well, paint leg, three wedges. Oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, those wedges are tough to beat. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't make it. They didn't make the call and call that the Larry O'Bannon special. Then we need to yeah. make that call over there. I think that's Louisville, Louisville legend. We need to change that. Call it the Larry the Larry O'Bannon special. <laughs> what about if you're sitting there gaming? What do you like? You like uh, NBA 2K or you like Madden better? Uh, I'm Madden. I'm a Madden guy. Okay. Although I haven't played play, I haven't played PlayStation probably about three or four years, man. But yeah, I'm a Madden guy. And then I gradually switched on over to FIFA. I became a FIFA guy. Okay. I know a bunch of people that are pretty competitive on FIFA. It gets pretty intense in those games. <laughs> you think playing overseas is what kind of garnered you towards that? I'm sorry? I said you think playing overseas is kind of what pushed you towards starting to like FIFA more? Oh, for sure. For sure. That's the major influence that pushed me to FIFA. Yeah. Major, major influence. Because yeah. that's what my teammates play. You know, they don't play Madden. Yeah. Like UK, they probably they don't even know what Madden, Madden is, do they? Right. Yeah. Like FIFA, so I started playing Madden. Between the mechanic and the environment, so FIFA became popular. Yeah. And what about you're you're from Louisville? Obviously, we touched on it earlier, but you got to pick one or the other. Are you picking Derby? Or are you picking Thunder? Oh, Derby. Yeah. Derby. I mean, Thunder is part of Derby, but I'm, I'm right. definitely on the Derby. So, you we just spoke about you know the the going from your freshman to sophomore year the the slump that you kind of went on. What would you what would you say you took from those two years that kind of led you to start taking off your junior year? Uh, really just like I said, getting myself confidence back. That was the main thing. Get myself confidence back and really taking a job approach to it. You know, college wasn't about. You know, having fun and showing yourself is, is a business, is a job. And that was probably once I changed my mindset, you know, everything else kind of changed for me. My work ethic, my professionalism, treated as a job, and that's it. The results just came. Yeah. So your senior year was a special year for, you know, one for you, you had a great season, but the team overall had a successful season. When did you kind of know that your senior year was going to be a special year for that team? Uh, really, I knew we were going to do something well in the summer because we had a really good commodity around the team. We had good rapport. <clears throat> the relationships were good. We were all competitive. We all pushed each other. And, um, you know, I couldn't sit here and say we, I knew we were a Final Four team. But I'm like, oh, you know, we could make Sweet 16, Elite 8. But uh, once we started playing and <clears throat> we started you know, beating really good teams and scoring on win streaks. I was like, okay, we, you know, we got something. So, yeah, I know most people don't like to play the what if game, especially in sports, but we're gonna do that. What What do you think? If If you think Sebastian Telfair would have changed his decision and like, and you know, stuck to his commitment, uh, what do you think the outcome of the season would be? Do you think maybe another title? Do you think it would have been about the same where you, you were, or what do you think would have happened? Um, it would have been about the same. I can't say that we would have won a title, but uh, he definitely would have helped us for sure. He would have been a great point guard. Um, honestly, it might have hurt me more than anything. Because the ball would have been in his hands more, I guess? His hands, and yeah, Taekwon, Taekwon, and Francisco, 
probably would have been on the wings because, you know, Taekwon and Francisco were coaching boys. So that probably would have moved me to the bench. Yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. So, so I, it was probably beneficial for me. But um, <laughs> I think we would have did, did the same. And I think we would have won a title if David Padgett had been eligible that year because he was a red shirt. But if yeah. he had been eligible, yeah, yeah I, think, I think we could have had a good chance of winning the title then. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of people forget that the game I'm actually about to ask you about, Juan Palacios was having a monster freshman season, and there was John Rondo going for a steal, pokes Juan Palacios in his eye. I mean, he wasn't really the same that season because it was kind of hard for him to get adjusted to having those goggles. Right, right. And, and it's tough, man. You know, you have something on your face, and although you can see, it's just, it's just like a mental block of, of having that on your face. It just messes with you. Yeah. So I, and he, he just he just kind of had some unfortunate injuries after that ankle, the eye, and, you know. I think he had elbow, and I feel like he had a knee injury know. as well too. Yeah, and then Earl Clark was coming in, and it, it was just tough, man. Yeah, so I'll I'll never forget the Kentucky game from that season because one, it was my 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. Two, one of the most played highlights from the Louisville Kentucky rivalry. And I want to ask you a question. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Do you think Patrick Sparks traveled before he got fouled? Well, I know for sure that he traveled. Okay. He stepped out of bounds. He traveled. And then, you know, he got fouled. But he stepped out of bounds and he traveled with Clay. It was funny. I was just talking to Tubby Smith about this last weekend. <laughs> I seen him and we, had, and we had a good laugh. But, <clears throat> yeah, he definitely, uh, he definitely traveled. He I, I thought bounds. the same thing. I, I've never liked that dude just because of that day because he ruined my 16th birthday. But you know what, though? I always kind of look back at it and say, if they would have called that, then, you know, Patrick Sparks stepped up and made our three. If they would have called that and we would have won that game, then we might have lost the Memphis game. And Darius Washington would have made all three threes. So it's kind of like, you know, little karma came back to us at the end. Yeah. So I always kind of try to look at it that way. So what what do you feel like? Do you, do you feel like that was kind of like a turning point for that season when that happened? It kind of woke you guys up. Uh, no, I think the turning point uh, that woke us up was when we lost by Memphis at home. We lost by twenty at home in Memphis. Yeah, that's definitely that a wake up call. Know, that kind of let us know that you know we was getting a little complacent, a little arrogant, a little, little full of ourselves because we were winning, and so you know sparked that hunger, that drive back in us. And, went on another winning streak. Larry, we'd like to let everybody know a little bit more about you as a person off the court as well as on the court. A lot of people have seen your game on the court, but we're wondering what's your favorite artist or musician of all time, and then what are you listening to currently? Uh, My favorite musician of all time. Man, that's tough. I have to go with Michael Jackson, man. Michael Jackson is like the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, my favorite musician right now, man, I'd probably say Justin Timberlake's probably my favorite musician. Okay. Uh, I like Drake. I like Jay-Z. Uh, I like a lot of rap, but I'm, I'm an R&B guy. Uh, but I'd probably say Justin Timberlake's probably my favorite. Yeah. You mentioned two of our favorites. He yes. likes Drake. I like Jay-Z. So you got you got some good company. And then obviously... And, and I love right, Michael Jackson right, and right. Justin Timberlake, I was, too. You know, I'm a big R. Kelly fan, too, but I just I can't, can't roll with him right now. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think that's a bad decision. Yeah, 
I'm yeah, a big R. Kelly musician fan. Yeah. I'm a big R. Kelly musician fan. Man, he's got some classic music, music-wise, music yeah, too. Man. A lot, he, lot of those soundtracks. Catalog, he's got a catalog today. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully he can change some things. But, man, musically, he's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Well, we also want to let him know, what, what, do, you, do you do any type of ice cream? If so, what's your favorite type of ice cream? My favorite type of ice cream is probably uh, <clears throat> strawberry. Okay. Strawberry ice cream. I like uh, I like red velvet cake. Mm. Man, red it, velvet I might have to cake. pause this interview and go get some ice cream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's your I'm a big cookie guy? I like I like chocolate chip cookies, pecan turtles. I like sweets. I'm a big sweets guy. Okay. Nice. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. So your senior night has to be one of the most memorable for any senior to put on a Louisville basketball uniform. It was, man. It was it was special. It really was. There's something about, like, you know, I start crying in the pregame, and it kind of, like, set off like a defense mechanism, man. It just kind of turned me into a machine, man, and that's it. Yeah, yeah I mean, what's crazy is you scored a career high, 33 points. You shot 11 to 16 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. And you also, I don't want to leave this out, you went 6 to 6 from the free throw line. And not only yeah. that, you tied a school record for for points and a half with 26. So can yeah. you explain the feeling that you not not only having a career night, but it was on your senior night, but also clinching a share of the Conference USA title uh, with the win over the number 18 team in the country? You know, what's funny is I really didn't – I couldn't really take it in because I was so nervous about celebrating. Coach Gino didn't really, he didn't tell us to celebrate players like that, so I really couldn't even take it in. Man. But it was just always to the next plate. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy? I remember that game vividly because it was the first half, it was you and Brendan Plavich basically just having a one on one battle. Right. I mean that that was game was so nuts. I remember it like very well because I actually I think I had a game that night, so I had to I had to record it on a VHS, which is crazy to think about. But I had to record it on a VHS, and then I watched it that night when I got home. It was it was really fun, man, because it was up and down. And there was a lot of shots, and you know, just everybody wanted to play fast. Everybody was playing fast. Getting up and down, just a lot of excitement and adrenaline in the game. And I just happened to be making shots that night, man. Yeah. Once I started making shots, you know, I wasn't going to be bashful. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best way to be when you're a basketball player. You start hitting shots, heat check. Right, because if, if, if I didn't shoot a Taekwondo, Francisco was. So. Yeah. <laughs> 16 shots really isn't that many either. I mean, that's, that's not that many. 33 points on 16 shots is phenomenal. Yeah, I take pride in being efficient. Nobody wants to play with a volume shooter. Right. Yeah, very much so. So you mentioned it earlier. You all had a you all had a lot of memorable games that season, even the regular season going on to the postseason. But starting out with the most memorable game of the of the Conference USA postseason, you guys were playing Memphis in the Conference USA championship. Uh, Brad Giannini hits one or two free throws, gives you guys a two point lead. Then Darius Washington gets fouled on a three-point shot with no time left on the clock. It kind of explained that feeling that you had when, one, he was fouled, and two, when he hit that first shot. 
Oh, well, when they blew the whistle, man, they called a foul. I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. Here we go again. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> it was funny because Dez Washington was a big trash talker. Oh, yeah, you knew, I knew that from watching him play Telfair in that game earlier in the season on ESPN. Yeah, so he's so he a big trash talking. He's talking crazy the whole game. And so he gets fouled, and he's talking crazy. So he goes up, makes the first one swish. Boom, he's really talking crazy, you know, staring at the sideline. So we talking to him, saying all type of crazy stuff. I can't even repeat on podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> to try to mess with him. And so when he missed the second one, so the second one, he missed the second one, they guaranteed us we was going to overtime. Yeah. So, oh, um, man, we really start talking crazy to him. And so if you ever watch the video, like, me and Francisco are, like, pacing back and forth behind him, just, like, saying stuff. <laughs> and so, uh, man, he missed, he missed the third one. It was just like, it. And we just threw our hands up in there, and we still talking crazy to him. We didn't even feel bad for him. He broke down, started crying. We, ain't, we didn't care. <laughs> Well, see, I, I would have felt bad for him if after the first shot he didn't look at the sideline and say, oh, I got this. Nah, I didn't feel bad for him That's all. what I'm saying. Not if he wouldn't have said that, talk. I might have felt bad for him. But, no, nah, when you not say that. He was talking crazy in the game. Uh, <laughs> he been talking crazy. Like, since the first time they beat him, like I said, they came and treat him all and beat us by 20. Yeah. And I, I can't even imagine the type of stuff he was saying when, <laughs> whenever they were beating you all. Right. And so then we went down and we beat them in Memphis and then we beat them again for the title. The the Conference USA title game was in Memphis, right? Right. We beat them, we beat them on their home court twice. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that's got to be even more tough when you lose the champi- the championship of your conference right. on your home court and you're the one. They, need, they needed that to go to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so – like we were just talking, your senior year is full of memorable games, but probably the most memorable game has to be the West Virginia game. The The West Virginia game, you all were down 20 points, and you mount a comeback, Not no pun intended there, but you all mount a comeback, and you all beat them in overtime, 93-85. to 85. Who who kind of brought the team together, and I, hopefully you don't give a cop-out answer and say Coach Rotino, but who who kind of brought the team together and said, all right, Let's not give it up. Let's get this turnaround and, you know, got to get the W. Or is it just the team played so well together, you guys just, like, stuck together and just uh, pushed it? That was always Ellis. Ellis was always kind of like the the tough, hard-nosed guy of the team. And, you know, he, had, he held everybody accountable. And so, you know, we weren't playing well. Like, even if you weren't playing well, you know, he always held people accountable, man. And, you know, really got into us at halftime. He got into me because I don't think I scored a point. Matter of fact, I don't even know if I took a shot. I may have took maybe like one shot. And so he kind of, me and him kind of got into it. He kind of lit a fire, man. So he was that guy that kind of, you know, really sparked and got everything going. He was always that guy for us. He was kind of like the heart and soul of the team. That's a big win, too, coming back like that. You always got to have that one guy who kind of rallies the troops, too. It's interesting to hear that it was him. Doesn't surprise me, though, to be honest. I mean, I'm not shocked by it. But back back to some off-court type stuff. What You got a favorite TV show. I know you're a busy man, but favorite TV show, favorite movie of all time? My favorite movie of all time? Oh, man, that's between... Well, Eddie Murphy's my favorite actor, so it's definitely be Eddie to be Life, Harlem Nights, or... Uh, um, what's the other one I'm not thinking of? 
coming to no coming to America. That's it. No problem. You get you seen that they're making a, a new one, right? Uh, are they? No. I didn't. Yes, and Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy are both going to be in it. Yeah. Wow, I've seen Eddie Murphy's having a uh, stand up on Netflix though. Yeah, they said the rumor for like seventy million dollars <laughs> for him to do another. Yeah. That's going to be nuts, man. That's going to be nuts. It what, is. It is. What about TV show? What's your uh, favorite my, TV show ever? Um, uh, The Wire is probably my favorite. Oh TV man, show, I just I, started I, watching that recently. I like, uh, um, I'm a big USA guy, man. USA puts out great shows. Law and Order, SVU is probably my favorite. You know, TV, daytime TV. I love uh, Suits. Okay. Big Suits guy. Yeah. Uh, but I probably say Law and Order, SVU is probably my favorite. USA does do a pretty good job. I'd say they're underrated, but they've got a lot of good stuff out there, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a queen of the South right now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest, man. I don't know if I can name shows that come on USA. Yeah, man. They got a, they got a, nice, they got a nice catalog, man. You should check them out. Yeah, but you, you say The Wire. Who's the best character on The Wire, in your opinion? Uh, if you say anybody other than who I'm thinking, I'm going to be a little disappointed. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I was a big uh, Stringer Bell. String, I'm, how can you not say Omar? Oh. Omar was so yeah, Omar. dope, man. I know, man. I he, know, man. He's a good guy, too. I've met him. I've met him before. Nice. He was just in that Netflix show, uh, When They See Us, as well. It was kind of a different... It was weird to see him in something else. Uh-huh. 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 No, it's on one of my social, one of my social media pages. I got him. I met him at a foundation weekend. We took a picture together. That's awesome. See, it surprised me even more now that you don't say Omar was your favorite. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I'm Strangle Bear. Strangle Bear was probably my, my favorite day. We even talked about it earlier, but that coming to America, actually one of Giannis's shoes, they've got a colorway coming out that looks pretty good for it too. So it's supposed to be in reference to that movie, but you'll have to check that out. I think that's coming out here soon. But we all started out as a fan at one point in time. Do you have a favorite NBA team, favorite NFL team? And then I think we all know your favorite college team, but what are those three? Um, well, I'll take you back. Before I got to UofL. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never really had an NBA team, per se. You know, I, like, I always loved watching Michael Jordan. But I became a big Dirk Nowitzki fan. Really? I was a huge Dirk Nowitzki fan. Yeah. But growing up, uh, Ray Allen was probably my, probably my, you know, person I looked up to and wanted to emulate. I love Ray Allen. Uh, yeah. I was a big Connecticut fan. Had Connecticut everything and wanted to go to Connecticut. Wow. I can see some uh, of the similarities in game, too. I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. That's why I wore 34. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, uh, I, I like Bull because I was a big Dewan Wee fan. Big Dewan Wee. That's my big, favorite uh, player, Jason man. Osborne. Yeah, it's my favorite UFL player. My uh, big Jason Osborne fan. Those are kind of like my OG guys that kind of took me up under their wing when I was coming up. Um, and then I love the 49ers. I'm a big, I'm a loyal 49ers fan through and through. Um, I love the Cubs. Big Cubs fan. Okay. But, yep, Ray Allen was, was who I wanted to emulate. Dirk was kind of my, became my favorite player. He's the reason I throw up the Catholic three with the thumb. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes in just like him, too, yeah. 
<laughs> That's the most important part. I've seen a couple of different shooting forms, but yeah, as long as it's going in. Yeah. It's interesting though, you got teams from all over the country. I, I like that. Was there any influence on those teams specifically? Uh, I, I like how you've got the Cubs in Chicago. You got the 49ers oh. in San Francisco. I mean, is there any reason why those are your favorites? Is that who you grew up liking? Is there somebody in your family who liked them? Where did those teams no, come from? No, I think San Francisco was just, you know, just kind of like a team. I just, just kind of saw the most, and I just, I loved them. They were winning. Yeah, I just kind of became a fan, and. Uh, the Cubs, it's funny, I would always watch the Bulls play, and once the Bulls went off on WGN, the Cubs yeah. came on. Yep. And so it was, kind of, it was just kind of natural for me to, I just kind of became a Cubs fan with Andre Dawson, Mark Grace, uh, Ryan Sandberg, you know, um, who else was on that team? Those were the big three. Yeah. Uh, Greg, Greg Maddox was in the Cubs. Yeah, Greg before Maddox. he went to Atlanta. Yep. And then, you know, eventually Sam Sosa, Sam Sosa came in. But, yep, kind of came a Cubs fan. And that was it. Yeah. I like that, though. That's actually the same reason a couple of my teams are my favorites because that's who I grew up watching. And it just naturally you cheer for them. And then eventually something sticks. Um, you already kind of answered it, though. Was was there another player? I mean, we know who you molded, modeled your game after. Was there another player that you admired besides Jordan and Ray Allen and Dirk? Was there anybody else in that mix? Um, I'm, a, I'm a big LeBron fan. I love LeBron. Okay. Um, Speaking my language, man. I, I didn't realize we'd be yeah. such good friends. <laughs> yeah, I, I love LeBron. Never was, I never was a big Kobe fan. I respected Kobe, but I respected his game, but I was never really a big fan of his until I watched his documentary. Yeah. Once I watched his documentary, I became a fan. Oh, his mindset is unlike anybody else. I mean, it, that, yeah. that dude is a killer. Yeah, so I, I love Kobe, uh, but I'm a big LeBron fan, like I said. Yeah. So after you know, after the tournament, there you you beat West Virginia. You move on to the Final Four, go on to lose to Illinois. But you know, you had a good season. Your career ended out the way you would you would want to say as far as individual goals. But after your career, you went undrafted. Uh, but you played in the NBA Summer League. Kind of explain the feeling that you had when you actually signed your first contract to sign the with the pro team that was what uh, out of Serbia. Is that right? Yeah, Serbia. Yeah, it, it was it was exciting, man. It was really exciting. I was just excited because I was looking at the contract and I was just going to be making some money more than a college stipend. So I was like, I was I was excited, man. But um, I really didn't know much about Serbia. I had to kind of do some research. And uh, once I got there, man, it was it was pretty cool. You know, they took me in, they embraced me. Uh, you know, it was a rival team, man. You know, <clears throat> they have a little, you know, a little little rivalry. You know, they kind of kind of rash you a little bit, but you know, for the most part, it was it was cool. It was cool. They even history about the war that broke up Yugoslavia to the seven different countries. And, hmm. That's. Uh, did- you know, start to learn the language, you know, the culture a little bit. Um, but I was kind of sick, man. I didn't get to come home for Christmas. The first year out of school, I didn't get to come home for Christmas. Really? Wow. But, um, <laughs> but other than that, man, it was a pretty cool experience. I learned a lot, though. How long did you play in Serbia for? A year. 
just one year. So, I mean, because I was looking, whenever I was looking up questions and stuff, and facts and stuff about you, I noticed that basketball's taking you a lot of places, man. You know, you start out your whole, your, just your early career, you're in one spot. But then when you go to professional basketball, you're from Serbia to Italy, Greece, Russia, and I mean, even Israel. What place would you yeah, say man. has been your favorite place to play? Israel. Israel. Nice. What what was what's your reasoning behind that? Uh probably most quite similar to American style of living hmm. as far as <clears throat> off the court. Um, like I said, had direct flights home, Tel Aviv, you had the mountains, you had the beach, uh, you had great food. Most of the people spoke English. Um, you know, you had your religious sites there. Um, it was just, you know, just felt like a, you know, like a Miami type of city. It was on the beach, it was on the Mediterranean Sea, and it was just, the weather was good year-round, so it, it was just great. And <clears throat> you didn't have Shabbat on the weekend, so the, the practice schedule was limited, so, you know, the practices weren't too crazy, so it, it was just all around. Just great, great time. Nice. Listen to some interviews with Amari, and that's where Amari's been playing recently. Amari Stoudemire, and, and he speaks highly yeah. of it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, being an ally of America, they're really accepting and open to American people. So, yeah. What about basketball talent-wise? Was there a league that was probably the best talent-wise out of all those that you played in? The Russian league. Really? Yeah, Russian league was. Best league I played in. Hmm. Italy, Italy was really good too. I probably say the Russian league. Yeah, none of those that you listed are. I mean, all those are upper tier from what we've heard. Uh, the Serbian right. one I heard is a great place to cut your cloth in, but that that's an interesting style of play from what they're saying. I didn't know Russia was going to be one of the better ones. That's interesting to me. Yeah, this is because of the size of those guys, man. Yeah, I mean, you just playing a bunch of Ivan Dragos. Yeah, man. Kirilenko. <laughs> huge. Yeah, huge, strong, athletic. Yeah, man, they got to be shooting you guys up with something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Well, what, what would you but, say is your favorite holiday? You mentioned you couldn't go home during Christmas. Is Christmas your favorite? Do you have another favorite holiday? Um, favorite holiday. I'm telling you, dude, the more answers you give, the the like we have so much in common. <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving is a solid choice. You can't go wrong with Thanksgiving. You got the family together. Most importantly, you got the food. That's the important part. But and football. And football's decent. I mean, I wish a better team than the Cowboys would play, but you know what I'm saying? I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Um, what about cereal? Do you ever eat cereal? If so, what what's your favorite cereal? No, I'm pretty bad with my favorite cereal. Mm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you something when we get done with this interview. We actually did a bracket, okay? And mm-hmm. we had all of our fans vote on it, and I'm gonna send you the results of the bracket, so you can see kind of what <laughs> what voted. And just to let you know ahead of time, we didn't seed these; it was just randomized in what was going against what. But I, I think you'll 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 enjoy looking at some of them, and you'll probably scratch your head like, how did that happen? In some of them as well. Yeah, Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, Fruity Pebbles, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios. Okay. Um, wh- what about 
who's the most inspirational person in your life? Was there somebody who kind of gave you the daily grit and grind or somebody who you tried to implement something from? Uh, my parents, actually, both my parents. Yeah. Yeah, both my parents were there, man, and kind of balanced each other out. Really kept me on the right path. Yeah. Nice. So, at any time when you were playing overseas or in a different country, did you ever have any offer to come back to play in the States? Uh, no. You know, I didn't, you know, my first couple of years playing in the summer league, but, you know, I didn't have any offers to come back to play the NBA or nothing like that. Was there a certain amount of time where you were, like, is obviously every person that plays basketball wants to play a professional in the NBA but, I mean, was there ever a time where you were just like, all right, I just need to focus on what I'm doing here and this is what I'm going to stick with? Two years. Two years. After my second year. After my second summer. Yeah. Yeah. We see Summer League, too, now, man. Summer League back then, I feel like, was a different ball game. But now Summer League has blown up, and I think you've got a lot more exposure now. It would have been fun to see you get to play in today's Summer League because I feel like that just opens up the market for you. As far as what teams are yeah. watching you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Blown up. So where, where are you currently playing? I'm sorry? I said, where are you currently playing? Uh, I just finished up in Argentina. Hmm. I've been down there the last three years. Nice. What's the name of your team you play on there? Uh, this last year I was on a team called Atenas. A-T-E-N-A-S. Nice. And what? What's the? We asked. We actually had another uh, former Louisville player that plays overseas, and it was interesting to hear his thoughts on this. I want to hear your thoughts. What are you? To you, what are the biggest differences between the American and you know the foreign basketball? Uh, I probably it's, it's more team oriented. Hmm. More team oriented, um, and it's a lot of pick and rolls. Gotta be able to like play and read the pick and roll, play in the foreign game. But American ball is, is pick and roll, but it's a lot of isolation ball too. Right. You know the NBA is starting to adapt to the European ways, but <clears throat> you know European ways they I mean a lot. You know you gotta be able to read, play the pick and roll, and you know you gotta be able to read and shoot. You gotta be able to read, shoot, space the floor. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like the Utah Jazz compared to the Houston Rockets, where you're talking about the ISO ball, you got the Rockets, you pick and roll, you're talking about Utah. A couple of other teams implement that, but I, I see some of that, what you're talking about. Exactly. What, what yeah, about? The Rockets are even fun to watch and play. No, sometimes it gets hard. I think they'll be interesting to watch this year with the new chemistry and stuff. And I, I like players like P.J. Tucker being on that team. I think they messed up losing yeah. Ariza and um, – uh, Mba Mute, I think, was a big piece that they lost, but it'll be interesting to see how they do this year. What about, we've got an interesting question. We ask all of our listeners and, and all of our uh, guests on here this, but what what's your opinion? Mm-hmm. Does pineapple go on pizza? No. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, we're best friends. This is, <laughs> every one of your answers has been exactly what I say. So. No, pineapples do not go on pizza. Chicken doesn't go on pizza. Really? Oh, wow. Uh, Let me ask uh, you this, though. Have you given pineapple on pizza a fair chance? Yeah, I had pineapple ham pizza. Okay. <laughs> you don't Hawaii, what's, called Hawaii, what's called Hawaiian pizza? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you don't sound like you're too happy with that pizza. Nah, man. <laughs> nah, it wasn't like it, it wasn't like it was nasty. It was just um, the texture of it. Just nah. that's where I'm at with it. It it kind of soggies down the pizza. Yeah, it's just. Uh, and then people say, just pick it off. No, the juices come off of the pineapple onto everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. Just don't put it on the pizza to begin with. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Cheese, pineapples, and nah. Yeah. We'll finish up with an interesting one, too. A lot of people have okay. fears of different things, and everybody's is different. Do you have something that you would say, you know, is your biggest fear? seems like a painful way to go in my opinion that's why i don't i always think when i'm driving across the bridge i'm like man if this goes down you're not making it out that's gonna suck so yeah i, I think drowning is something i think about too but it's weird because it's like you said we can swim but i don't know right i was in a pretty bad accident man where my car flipped over and it could have went two ways and it smacked into i was on a mountain and it smacked and it crossed over and hit the mountain. But really? if it went the other way, it went off the hill into this like creek river. Wow. Right. And so I always think about it because when it turned over, I couldn't get out of my car. Somebody had to stop and help me get out. And so I always kind of think about if, if I had been in the river and, and you know my car filled up, you know I couldn't get out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a scary thought right like there. Wow. But, so. I actually had one. I actually had a question that was asked by one of my friends to ask you. Okay, and this is going to lighten the mood up a little bit. I didn't put this one on there, but I, this one's a little lighthearted. How does it feel to have the best-looking biceps of any Louisville basketball player that's ever played there? <laughs> this was sent to me by a female, also by the way. And have you heard that before? Uh, I've, I've heard it a couple times, but I, I wouldn't say I, I, I win that vote. So who would go ahead of you? Uh, I can't say, but it's been it's been, been some, some some cut up guys out there, man. I'm just saying that was what was that was what a female had said to me. So we'll go with it. We'll go with you, man. We're gonna give you the crown on that one. So All right, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, Larry, man, uh, I can't lie to you. You can ask BJ here, man. Whenever you agreed to do this, I was fangirling a little bit because. It's kind of crazy that starting a podcast, I've gotten to talk to a lot of people that I idolized as a kid, and you would definitely be in the, yeah. on that list. Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And I'll definitely take you up on that, because I got a guy that's uh, he's actually helped me doing production, but I definitely would, would uh, like to learn, because I've been YouTubing yeah. on, on podcasts, but I got a guy, he's, he's kind of like a little radio producer. He's helped me put it together, but I'll definitely come in and show you guys some love, man. Absolutely, man. I, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you just taking some time, especially being on vacation. You know, taking some time out to answer some you know sometimes lighthearted questions with some questions that maybe some people would want to know, man. Um, I enjoyed it. Hopefully, you did as well, man. And I can't wait for when you do come in town. We get to you know, you know, you can put a face to the name and and a voice and all that stuff. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. When you guys finish up the podcast, man, make sure you send it to me so I can check it out. Absolutely, man. Thank you again, and uh, have a good time on vacation, man. All right, man. Thank you.
Alright, thanks. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Alright, man. See ya. So that was, dude, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. You're over here fangirling. I told you, you, dude. I I told you before we did this I was going to. Yeah. Well, and to everybody to pull back the, um, the curtains a little bit. I hadn't seen you this nervous over a podcast in, in my entirety of being with Beefs. Well, to be to be fair, yeah. you hadn't. We spoke about this before. You right. hadn't been with me when I had done one of these bigger interviews. This is the biggest interview we've done together. Right. And I kept. I told a couple people. I was like, "Man, I'm nervous." Yeah. Well, I've even watched. You went to change the dials a little bit. You know, you're, to everybody out there, he works the magic as far as all the logistics of how the podcast works. I understand zero about technology. <laughs> yeah. So Beef keeps us running. And when he was going to change it, I'm watching his whole hand shake. As if he's, <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, this, don't hit the wrong dial over there, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's awesome, man. Just exactly how I pictured he would be. Yeah. Well, that's what everybody had told us. I mean, extremely nice guy. I hope you guys learned a lot from this interview and got to know Larry as a basketball player and as a person. I think that's what we try to do is we try to shine that light on some of the stuff off the court as well as his history. But, man, you want to talk about a great dude. That's that's a guy to look up to for all you kids out there. And he just shows you, you know, we talked about it. A lot of kids dream of going to the NBA game, and that's a great dream for them. But the reality is, man, you can make a good living going and playing overseas ball. And uh, it's a great learning device as far as you growing as a person as well, too. So shout out to Larry. I appreciate him coming on and having some fun with us. Absolutely, man. And to kind of give you guys or catch you up to speed on what he was talking about, we talked to him for, what, maybe five or six minutes before we did the interview when yeah. I called him. And he asked me some stuff about what I record on. So he, when he comes back in town, we may do another episode. But we'll just – he wanted to know what stuff I recorded on because he's talking about starting his own podcast. So And then that, you just straight hung up on him. You didn't I say, didn't know. Yeah. I didn't hang up on him, but I did hang up the phone. But I did say – Yeah, he's you know, probably sitting there like, hey, guys, hey, hey man, what, what happened? <laughs> like, Thank no, you, to I'm be fair, I sat there for a second, and I did hear him hanging up too, so – yeah, that's what I'd say too if I hung up on somebody. Yeah, hung like that'd be like you hanging up on like I don't know like who that like Rashad McCants. No, Rashad and I aren't on talking terms currently. He had some. Negative <laughs> All right, we'll go Ray Felton. We'll go Ray yeah. Felton. Somewhat same era. Some, yeah. yeah. Something like that. That'd be like you hanging up on Ray Felton. I'd like to think. I mean, it sounded like you were a big fan, so I, I'd like to say my boy Dex Strickland. There you go. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. So. We just because we had a great interview doesn't mean we don't want to do our last ending, you know, or do our ending like we always do. Yeah, that is the last ending. Typically, I'm sorry, dude. I'm still nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's still you just crazy. can't believe it happened. Listen, to everybody out there too. If you guys have anybody else that you want us to interview, let us know. You know, we'll try our best. We we have a philosophy that if you don't shoot your shot, you're never going to make it. Exactly. So we'll ask anybody we can to get on there. If you have anybody who you think would be a good guest, reach out to us and see if we can set that up. I mean, heck, you got Michael Jordan's email. I'll email him. I'll shoot him my shot with him. It don't matter. Yeah. I don't care who it is. I'm guessing, I'll ask him. I'm guessing Mike's probably not coming on here but i actually he was a member at my uncle's golf club and i did receive a phone call from him on my birthday one year so was it recorded no it was not it was directly from him. why am i just not hearing this story i think he probably lost a bet to my uncle on the golf course and probably had to do that we once received easter gifts from bill clinton you know hey 
Why are we just not hearing these stories? Currently, Steph Curry is a member at his club in California. I don't care about that. Let's go back to the other ones. Yeah. So I'm just saying the the Jonas Brothers. I know you're a big Jonas Brother fan. And I can't say I am. Yeah. I I mean I could name drop for days, but I just I don't feel right doing it. All right, so let's go to our power moves. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Power moves, I'll go first because I actually have two of them. So I'll start with the first one. I'll keep it quick. But there was actually a list that was put out by ESPN the other day that showed the most valuable sports franchises in the world currently. Nice. And I got to give credit where credit is due. And I mentioned this earlier when we were talking to Larry, but I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. (laughs) And my father is a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm an Eagles fan. So as you can imagine, there's a couple times a year where we have some friendly rivalries. Um, similar to what Larry O'Bannon was talking about with Darius Washington, that could potentially go back and forth with my father and I. <laughs> uh, but needless to say, they're the most valuable sports franchise in the world. They're valued at over $5 billion. Wait, in the world? In the world. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty impressive. They're valued at over $5 billion. That's billion with a B. And, yeah, I wanted to see. There's obviously nine other teams on that list. Some of these are international teams. Okay. Some of these are American sports franchises. Can you guess any of the other ones? I, I My guess is you can probably name six of them on there roughly, but I wanted to see if any of them came to the top of your head. And to all okay. your listeners, play along with us at home too. I'm going to go with the Yankees. Yankees are number two. Good yeah, because, I mean, that's that one was kind of obvious to me because of how much on their payroll. I would go with yeah. the Red Sox as well would be on that list somewhere. Well, I'd say merchandise-wise, you, yeah. you see stuff around the world and people are wearing Yankee stuff on yeah. a very regular basis. I'd say the Red Sox and the Dodgers are probably both on there too. So Red Sox are not, but the Dodgers come in as a tied for 10th team on there Woo, as well Just too. squeaking by with that guess. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel like New, the New England Patriots would be on there somewhere. New England Patriots are unfortunately on there at number seven. I, I, I wasn't just saying that. I felt like I'd seen this list like in past years, and I felt like the Patriots were on there. For some reason, yeah. I said them. Patriots. I feel like anytime you win the amount of championships that these some of these teams on here have won, you're automatically going to be in the conversation. But like another team, I'll, I'll give you another one on there before you can guess it. But Golden State Warriors. I, I was going to name them actually. That's a recent addition. Obviously, yeah. you know. You had Run TMC that was popular, but as far as the value of the company, that's gone up substantially since Steph, Clay, Draymond, you know, even KD has now come on, Demarcus, Kerr. I mean, I'm going to guess a foreign team and say Real Madrid. Real Madrid is on there, number three behind the Yankees. Ooh, so, I, so I named two and three. I'll, I'll guess one Your more. Your football knowledge is showing. I'll guess. Yeah, I'll guess one more. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Are you going American or, or foreign? Just the first one that pops in my mind that sounds right. The Lakers. Okay. The Lakers are on there. The Lakers are on there at number eight. The the two foreign that I was going to give you are Barcelona, another football team or soccer team, American soccer. And uh, number six is Manchester United as well, too. So, I should have known that one. Well, both those teams you've heard of, you yeah. know, but it's you, you don't really think of them. The one that was a little bit surprising to me, the number five team on the list, the New York Knickerbockers. It's Knicks. not surprising to me. Number it's, five, though, is up there, man. It's just New York is a huge market. That just shows you how terrible James Dolan is. Unfortunately, he's not had a successful venture. But, yeah, obviously, financially, he doesn't. It's not affecting them. Yeah. And that's what, like we were talking about with Larry, basketball is a business, man, at the end of the day. And uh, a lot of us have it from a sports perspective. But a couple of 
people see it from a dollar's perspective. But the, the other thing that shows you New York's poll is the New York Giants are tied at 10th with the L.A. Dodgers, you know, on the list. So that was pretty impressive to me. And then uh, you, you mentioned the rest. So that's my power move. Unfortunately, it has to go shout out to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Um, I'll let you I do I didn't yours. realize you were such a Cowboys fan. Yep, closet Cowboys fan. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I, I deserve it for all the credit I've given you for your closet UK fandom. But uh, I've got one more, so I'll let you do yours, and then I'll finish up with mine. So my power move, this person does not know that they're going to get my power move. Oh. But my power move is going to a former guest – yeah. Former fill-in host. Ooh. My brother, Ryan. Yeah. So Saturday, Ryan sends myself and Matthew a picture of him holding a huge catfish, which if you look on Facebook, it is now his Facebook picture. Dude, I saw that. You, went, I thought maybe he was holding up, like, you know, a family member or something. That <laughs> yeah. thing was huge. 25-pound catfish he Jeez. caught in the Ohio River. Christmas. So that, he caught that, and he caught another one, which weighed about 10 pounds. Yeah. So him catching those two fish pushed him and his buddy Josh, and they finished second out of about 19 or 20 teams on the river in a fishing tournament. So my power move goes to Ryan. Shout out, Ryan. He's always been a big fisherman. But shout out you in your first – I think this is his first tournament that he's ever done. Even if it's for fun, you finished in second, and it's probably because of you. So Yeah. That's, when you catch something that size, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. He will be giving out fishing tips, showing you how to make proper lures and uh, where to cast your line. He's, he's like a regular Jeremy Wade, man, catching yeah. river monsters, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might not want to – you better have some good tests on that line before yeah. you go fishing with Ryan, obviously, from the picture I saw. Yeah, that thing literally was like his entire torso, yeah. like down to his knees, up to his shoulders. I was like, holy smokes. But my last power move for us – is Jalen Ramsey. I don't know if you've seen this oh, dude, video. This was so dope. Classic. Uh, if you haven't looked it up, go and look it up. Type in Jalen Ramsey in a bank truck. But he pulled up to training camp in an armored bank truck. He had a guy who I don't know if that was somebody who knew or what, but he opens the door. First of all, hey, hey man, you, you got an armored bank truck. You can't leave the door wide open. Somebody's going to jump in that sucker and take that thing to Mexico and viva Las Vegas eventually. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was hilarious. But more of the story, he jumps out. He says his little speech. So power move to Jalen Ramsey for pulling up in an armored bank truck. I don't know too many people that have one of those. And he gets out of the back. I, I'm not doing this video justice, so you just have to go and watch it. But he's basically saying he's so valuable, he deserves to be in an armor bank truck. Yeah. Nice. Shout out to Jalen Ramsey. So you got beef this week, man? I do. So I've got a very serious beef this week because I would say I'm a little bit heartbroken. And, you know, Larry coming on gives us a great audience as far as the basketball audience. And I love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport, I, right? I, I, it's safe to say it's both of ours. Both of us love basketball. Well, I know you're a big football fan these days. And soccer fan, American soccer, international football. American soccer. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I've been disappointed with the Team USA stuff. And uh, what, what we've got going on is we've got the World Cup in China coming up September 1st through the 15th. And this is notorious for Team USA is they don't really care about the World Cup. All of these other countries love the World Cup. Team USA, we only try to focus on um, Olympics. And, and I love winning, and so I would like to see us put the best team on the court. We've had guys like Anthony Davis, James Harden, 
Damian Lillard, DeMar DeRozan, Bradley Beal, Eric Gordon. I don't know why he's on that list. Tobias Harris, CJ McCollum. Um, all of these guys have said that they were going to play and have now withdrew. So my, my thing is, if you're going to put your name in the hat, please go ahead and play. And obviously that list of guys is not even the list of guys that they initially sent the offer out to. You know, your Paul George, your Kawhi Leonard, your LeBron James, um, Westbrook, so on and so forth. But now we've ended up with a team that consists of Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond, Kyle Kuzma, Brooke Lopez, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Paul Millsap, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, P.J. Tucker, Miles Turner, and Kemba Walker. And the reason why I read all of those names is because I want to give them a special shout-out. So my beef is with Team USA overall, but my support is with these guys listed. I hope these guys go over there, and I hope they demolish everybody. I think they're actually in Australia either now or getting ready to be in Australia and playing some tune-up games before they actually go to China. And I hope Popovich leads this team to a World Cup championship. So beef with the, the uh, guys who didn't show up support with the guys who are there i'm wearing my donovan mitchell shirt right now actually is this true and he should get you know looking at the list i I read a couple of names but you got kyle lowry you got donovan mitchell and you got kemba walker it's very underwhelming when you read that list yeah but that's your only three guys who are listed as a guard on there so think about it out of those three guys your only person who i would consider a truer type of point guard is kyle lowry Mm -hmm. so i would like to see what donovan can do playing somewhat of a point guard position because i think kemba obviously is a point guard but he's a scoring guard i think donovan can be a facilitator but obviously we're going to need him to score some too with the lineup i just gave he actually had to play point guard if you remember his sophomore year some yeah when uh q got hurt if you remember he had to play the point guard position so it's not like this will be the first time he's done it no, I mean, he was playing with Rubio the last two years, and I think you're not going to play anywhere near a point guard position with Rubio, and they needed elite scoring in Utah, and that's what he kind of gave them. Yeah. He was a guy who was going to you know, shoulder the load and take, take a fair share of shots per game, and they were going to win and lose as he went, and obviously they won a lot of games. So interesting group. Um, obviously, you got my boy Harrison Barnes on there, who I like. You got your boy Donovan Mitchell on there. But shout out to the rest of the guys for showing yeah. up and competing. Yeah, maybe a tough one. Hopefully, this is so. This is just for the qualifier this year, or is this for the team next year? World Cup is actually its own tournament. So, yeah. it, yes, there are qualifications involved with it, but it's a separate tournament than the Olympics. Yes, I do think next year there will be a different team put on the court than what you know there is this year but i think some of these guys if they impress in this tournament and they play well you know in the nba season that will secure their spot for the olympic team i think i think the international game could be really good for donovan's game like i think donovan could be a really good international player is what i'm saying i think he's a physical guard so i think that he'll be able to translate that well i think the line being in just a little bit will help him as well too and then obviously he's got the elite level athleticism defensively honestly he plays really hard but he's not the best on-ball defender so i think that's where he'll have to keep working and larry just gave you a little bit of an inside glimpse of the um, foreign game but he's gonna have to defend a lot of screen and rolls screen and pops that's what i'm worried about with donovan but i think yeah he's i think he'll play a substantial amount of minutes i mean looking at this list man popovich has a tough job of deciding who gets those minutes because you really even though we don't have a lot of great players you really have a balanced roster yeah yeah i was listening to some of that you really do 
Yeah. I mean, you got Middleton, you got, you know, Kemba Walker, you got PJ Tucker is kind of the guy who you're kind of like PJ's on there. And yeah. I love having PJ on there for the grit and grind. You got an older guy, Paul Millsap. You got an older guy, Kyle Lowry. I mean, there's there's some leadership on there, but there's a lot of young blood in there. Miles Turner, 23. Kyle Kuzma, 24. Um, Jason Tatum, 21. I almost, almost missed him. So, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. I'll be watching it. Everybody else, you know, tune in September 1st through the 15th, and let's support our team, and, and hopefully they can go win a World Cup. Absolutely. So mine is also with uh... – it's I don't know I don't even know where I was going with that but I have a beef and it's for something that is off the wall but when I read it I was like this is kind of bogus that this guy did this so my beef is with a Chinese swimmer Soon Yang Soon Yang who berated his opponent after winning a controversial swim event recently okay so I I don't know if you've heard this story but this is the second time that an opponent has refused to uh, step up on the metal podium with him after losing to this guy. Yeah. So and by podium, you're talking about when they accept the medals. When like they accept you the said. medals, yeah, yep. they, they they won't even step up there to take a picture of him. There's one guy that even went as far as to not even shake his hand. Yeah. That's how mad. So now you're asking the question: Why are these people being jerks? Well, why would you be so hateful towards somebody? Yeah. Just because you're losing, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. You're assuming he came in first, but yeah, yeah. go on. I, why is this a big deal? Why, why? So here's the thing, man. Last year, Sun Yang was involved in a very controversial incident right. where in this sport, you know, just like a lot of individual sports that involve physical activity, there is a lot of drug testing. Correct. Rightfully and so. So he was at home. Some drug testers show up unannounced, which is how you do these things. Right. And they were <laughs> like, hey, we're going to test your... Urine, and we're going to test your blood, and he makes them stay outside for an hour. Wait a second. You're telling me that they don't call and schedule an appointment to come and do this? No. They just show up unannounced. Okay. Show up to Sun Yang's house unannounced, and they're like, all right, we're going to test your blood, and we're going to test your urine. So he makes them stay outside for an hour. Yeah. And then once Sounds like the Russian players that uh, Larry was playing against might have done this before. (laughs) Yeah. So... (laughs) He lets he makes him stay outside for an hour, and then when he lets him come in, he refuses to give him a urine sample. Right. He's like, nope. And I read a quote where he said the reason that I did this was because I didn't think that they were credentialed and they were taking weird pictures of me. Yeah, it's an interesting argument. I mean, I would have personally gone with I didn't have to use the restroom line. You know, that one works almost every time. So I'm going to give you a little reference here. Okay. Yeah. So. Some of you know, some of you don't know the line of work that I do outside of this podcast. You're an analysis. No. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm in recruiting owner-operator truck drivers. Okay. One of the biggest thing in truck driving is drug testing. Yeah, that would make sense. So when you are called to do a drug test with one of these trucking companies, if if you refuse or you don't show up, that is automatically considered as being a positive test. Right. Violation. Yes. So, he he does that. He he's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. It makes him stay there till 4 a.m. and just find out refuses. Yeah. So you're like, okay, why is it still a big deal? Not only that, his mother was also involved in a weird situation situation where she forced security guards to destroy a blood sample with a hammer. <laughs> and if you're still not convinced that this guy's a joke, 
Wait a second. Why a hammer? I mean, come on, man. If you got a blood sample, that's going to splatter. It's like Dexter. I mean, maybe that's now. why you hit it with a hammer. You just kind of tap it, and then the blood comes out. Yeah. Instead of like smashing it with a bat, and then it's spraying everywhere. It looks like a. I don't know. Yeah. No, listen, I don't, I don't she's got to get smarter. I'm Gasoline not, I'm not and defending fire. her at all anyway because well, she's nuts. Clearly, because she didn't go about it the right way. Hasn't she watched any good movies recently? Oh, apparently you haven't either. Well, I said gasoline and fire. I think that works. I don't, I don't know. Stands the test of time. So if you're still not convinced that this guy's wrong, yeah, he had been suspended back in 2014 for three months after testing positive for a banned substance, and I'm going to take my chances on trying to say this. Let's see what you got. Called trimetazidine. Yep. So, I mean, this dude already has a past in doping. Right. So that's my beef. I know it's weird that I'm uh, having a beef with a swimmer, but the fact that you're going <laughs> out of your way to berate a guy that doesn't want to stand on a, on a metal podium with you because you're a cheater, yeah, I'm right there with that guy. I'm going to take this off the beaten path a little bit. And okay. by beaten path, I mean this guy's clearly hitting the juice a little bit, right? Let's say you cross paths with this individual. You know, swimmers typically aren't the biggest fish in the sea, so to speak. Who's winning that? You know, let's say you get into a little bit of a scuffle. Somebody drops their Kit Kat on the floor and he says it's his. Who's winning that fight to get the Kit Kat? Or no, 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 Reese's. Sorry, Reese's. I like Kit Kats. I mean, you were fine with the Kit Kats. Okay. I just figured maybe Reese's would So between the two swimmers, who's winning? No, between you and the swimmer. I'm pushing him into the pool, bro, and I'm getting my candy. Yeah, but he's swimming, so he don't care. I don't care. I'm getting the candy. I think he is might. Is it still in the wrapper? Because I'm not trying to get a candy that's been sitting in water that's not in a wrapper. Yeah, no water. I mean, you can't fight in the water, dude. You're going to lose that fight to him in the water. On land, you, I'm, I mean, I'd have to see this guy. There's mm-hmm. there's some uh, pesky swimmers that are you know probably pretty decent fighters. He's built like most of your prototypical swimmers. You know, got long arms, pretty long legs, that long torso as well. Yeah. Kind of thin but still muscular. Like Michael Phelps. Like Michael Phelps, they said it was built like the most perfect swimmer ever because he has the really long abdomen. His arms are pretty long, so it makes it easier for him to go through the water. Yeah, I've heard this as well, too, about me. You know, swimming's not my... You honestly probably good all jokes aside. You probably could have been a good, pretty good swimmer. Yeah, I'm a pretty decent ping pong player. You know, you don't want me on the ping pong table. Tennis yeah. was never my specialty, but I was always told that I could have been a decent tennis player. I don't know. I think your height would have slowed you down. No, my foot speed is elite, bro. Uh, uh, Gordon Hayward was actually the number one tennis player. I did know that. Yeah, in the state of Indiana. So I'm just saying it can be done. Now, he chose the correct career, in my opinion. Yeah, I would. I would agree with you. Yeah. Shout out to Gordon. Yeah, come on the podcast, bro. You want to come on? You just let us know. Shout out to him for beating us in high school and, and dominating our uh, team. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that, buddy. Well, man, that's all. That's all I got. Yep. That, that was it for me as well, too. Uh, I do want to say special shout-out to Larry O'Bannon. Thank, Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making Beef's dreams come true. Yeah. He probably won't sleep for weeks, would be my guess. Um, and I'd also like to say if you get bitten by a shark, you're not just going to give up surfing, are you? No, probably not. But, yeah, shout-out Larry O'Bannon. Shout-out BJ for helping me out with this interview and keeping me under control because it was uh, a little nerve-wracking. I think you did a good job. Thanks for pointing out that I was shaking, though, when I was doing that. I didn't even realize I was doing it. Oh, my goodness, big time. I I like it because I've felt those pregame jitters, and and I told you there's nothing that I can really relate to before a big game. 
And uh, I think that helps you bring out a good product. So if the people could see the effort that you put into this one, I think it shows hopefully in the final product that we put out there. But uh, thank you to you for working hard on it. Absolutely. Thanks to Larry for coming on. I like to try to get guys that I I would want to listen to. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that's the kind of that's the kind of direction we want to go is we want to get people I don't want to say guys we want to get people on this podcast that you all would want to hear right I love talking to these people but at the end of the day we're here because you guys are are listening it's so, a platform for them yeah. to get their story out and we like to touch on a little bit of their history a little bit of what they're going into currently and then a little bit of who they are as a person yeah. so I, I think it's good for anybody who has interest in the future. Um, this is a great platform for you. Yeah, and just like BJ said earlier, I want to say it again. If you guys know anybody that maybe we don't know that you know, or you guys want to hear somebody that you think is logical for us to be able to get, tell us. Shoot us a message. Shoot us a text if you have our number. Uh, call us. I don't. It doesn't matter. Whatever, however way you want to contact us, you tell us. Uh, we prefer it to be more towards sports, but if it's somebody you think could give us a good interview either way, we'd be down to do it. 100%. So you guys let us know. Let us know what you thought of this interview. We had a blast doing it. At least I did. I don't know if BJ did, but I did. I had a blast. And hopefully everybody can give us a like, listen, and share. Absolutely. And, and uh, spread the word. Larry's been a great guest, and, and I want the world to hear a little bit more about what he's got going on currently. Yeah. So, guys, like BJ said, like, share, listen. But other than that, try to stay cool. Beef out. Peace.